Welcome. My name is Nikki Jones-Stockreef, and I am the host of For the Love of Horses. In this podcast series, conversations with Daphne Hagmans will be shared on topics of horsemanship and a system of compassionate dressage training. I am an adult amateur and have been riding recreationally most of my life. In the last few years, I've been riding in the discipline of dressage with my Clydesdale thoroughbred cross-gelding Winston. My friend Daphne is an FEI rider and trainer and certified High Performance One coach with over 40 years of experience. We hope you are inspired to become a better rider and trainer for your horse. Each episode will cover a topic relevant to the sport of dressage and will end with a take-home message, quote, or reading recommendation. We also discuss strategies to improve your riding success between rides. Hey, you made it. Hi, Nikki. I'm finally in. I know we struggle with this each time, but we get there. Yeah, well, I think there was about a two-week lag between our last podcast and this one, and I I repeated the same mistake as last time in inviting you, so that's what happened. That's okay. We work it out, and it's nice to get um, back on track. I missed doing it last week. We were out of routine. Yes, for sure. We're too busy doing other stuff. Yeah, but I've been thinking about it all along and ideas for it and ideas for other podcasts. So um, my mind was still in it. And um, now we're putting it to a recording. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited that we're finally talking about weight aids because I feel like this is the glue that holds everything together. That's a great way of describing it. And and it's true. We went through in... Um, this is kind of the, the third part of the, the series where we talked about the, um, the seat aids first and then the leg aids in, a, in another podcast and then now the, the weight aids. And, and that's a great description saying that's the glue because this is a little piece, but it fills it all in and makes it all happen. And it's kind of the, the magic part of it all. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does feel like magic sometimes. <laughs> And it's subtle, but it's a huge one. I use that term a lot, subtle but huge. It happens a lot um, a lot in riding. And I find it's, um, from a coaching point of view, it, it, it is always a very rewarding lesson to teach when we get to this stage because it is a big aha moment for the rider. And, and talking about the subtlety, I think that's the hard part in it to not over-exaggerate it. Yeah, subtle but huge and having it work for you, not against you. Yeah, that's that's a good one, too, because it can um, if we overdo the weight aids um, in either direction, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, it can actually have the opposite effect, which can one make you frustrated and think this doesn't work, confuse the horse even further. And it's just too loud for the horse. So, um, yeah, it's always a great moment when I see the rider discover how easy it can be, how light it can be. Um, And then that's the hard part is keeping it that subtle. Mm hmm. Yeah. And horses really react to our, our weight aids. And, and we've noted this in previous um, podcasts, but I think it's worth repeating again how as, as ri- riders or humans, we react firstly with our hands. We do things manually and our legs or feet. And, and lastly, and very minorly in our daily lives, do we think about weight aids. But a horse is set up differently. He reacts first from weight aids. Um, the distribution of the rider above him that he's carrying around 
and and then he reacts to legs and and lastly hands so we're almost incompatible when we first meet and that's where there's miscommunication resistance on the part of the horse misunderstanding so if we can start to learn the language of the horse and learn to think and react first with our weight and seed aids we're going to get along with the horse a lot better yeah i i often think when winston isn't listening to what I want, am I giving him the correct message? What is my weight aid saying? Because often the problem is that I'm giving him the wrong weight aid and that's why he's not really listening in air quotes to my message. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And and he's going to listen firstly to the weight aid. So you're, that's a louder aid for him, even though you may be using now an even stronger leg and hand because you think why isn't he doing what i'm asking he's hearing that weight aid as a much louder um input uh so he's reacting to that even though it might be subtle but in the wrong direction and your hands and legs are trying to work in an in another direction so um we want to learn his language as opposed to um him him learning to react to you and horses do learn they learn to tune that out they become insensitive you know the, the weight aids is not something a horse learns it, it's a law of gravity it's a law of nature it, it, it happens we feel it when we get on a young horse um, that they react to staying under our weight aids and we yes. want to have the weight aids work for us and not against us so learning a little bit more about them and understanding them you know even if we do the wrong weight at least we can understand oh <laughs> maybe that's where it all went wrong exactly that first yeah. Yeah. And and you were saying something earlier to me about how you can tell um, what the rider's weight aid is saying by the horse's response, not by what they are actually doing. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it's such a fine aid and um, some of them are more obvious than others. And you can you can see the weight aid. But more importantly, seeing how the horse reacts, the horse becomes the better teacher and riding yourself, you can think about that. Like, I don't need someone here on the ground telling me where my weight aid is. My horse is telling me. He's trying to step underneath me. So often as a coach, because this is a very subtle aid, and you might think, wow, they look like they're sitting in the right direction. They look level and slightly to the right. But if the horse is moving left, then the weight aid isn't correct. Yeah. So the horse can be the the professor in that moment and give us the right answers. And even if we think, yeah, I'm on the right side, maybe it's not enough for the horse to understand we want to go right. You have to come a little bit more that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can um, think of weight aids as um, um, we're talking already about right and left and so on. But if you think about carrying a, a very heavy trotting pole on your shoulder, if that trotting pole was centered exactly in the middle, it might be heavy, but, but you could carry it. You, you could do that. If that pole slipped a little bit one way or the other, you would try to move under that weight to balance it again. And if you didn't, you would have to resist that change, embrace yourself against to, against it to carry that awkward load. So think about that. Your horse is that you're the pole on top of the horse there. If you mm-hmm. move in the wrong direction, that horse has to come under you to compensate for that, to, to, to keep things balanced again. And if, if he doesn't, then you're working against each other. If you continue to sit off on that side that you don't want to be, it creates resistance in the horse. Mm-hmm. 
So as a rider, we want to become that good load to carry, that balanced pole in the middle and then have those slight changes so that the horse follows underneath our weight. Exactly. And if our weight aids are correct, then our legs and rein aids become um, much finer, lighter, refined aids and Mm -hmm. invisible. Yeah, that's why when someone does it correctly, it looks effortless. It looks effortless, a lot of thought behind it, a lot of fine motor control. And this information should inspire the rider to firstly go to their weight and seat aids and be organized for each movement. Mm -hmm. Now, were you going to talk about um, the different ways of weight influencing the horse? Sure. So we can have, um, if we use that premise that the horse is always going to step under our weight aids, we want to know a few weight aids that are um, influential on the horse. And then how are we going to control them? So the first one we talked earlier uh, in a previous podcast about um, the seat aids sitting flat on our triangular bone in our seat. Uh, And we talked about sitting flat and organized. So we have that baseline. By weighting the right or left seat aids, we're going to direct the horse to step again under us. So weighting the right side of our seat, the horse is going to try and step under us and direct him into a right turn, a right bend. So that's one of the seat uh, weight aids that we can start with. Mm-hmm. Another one is stirrup weight aid. Um, this one's always interesting because it doesn't always have to correspond with our seat aid. So this is putting weight into the stirrup. This is not leaning over and tipping and what's called collapsing the waist where our waist would get shorter on one side. We're not leaning over to the direction that we're t- turning into. In fact, our stirrup weight We push a little bit against the stirrup. Your leg may come or will come slightly away from the horse in wading the stirrup. This is very different from taking your leg aid against the horse. So this Mm -hmm. is stirrup weight aid. Um, Another example of weight aid is our our head. Our head weighs 12 to 15 pounds. We want to have our head in our shoulder, uh, ear, shoulder, hip, heel alignment, that our head is over our feet to stay balanced. If we're looking down, a common fault that we see in riding a lot, uh, the the chin tucking in and the head tipping down, this automatically starts to put the horse on the forehand. It also prevents our seat from following the horse. So we're already, our weight aid is against the movement of the horse. We're tipping the horse onto the forehand. So just by taking our head back in proper alignment, we can really help that. The head's part of the rotational twist as well that we use for turning and bending. So turning and looking in the direction that we are going to move, our rotational twist is our upper body, our shoulders, our, if we want to think about it, if we're wearing a jacket, the zipper down the front, turning uh, to the degree that we are going to turn into the turn without moving our inside seat bone, which is staying forward and down. That's a huge weight aid too, that's going to guide the horse where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Lots to coordinate. (laughs) Lots to coordinate. Um, Yeah, it's the theory of understanding at first. Um, We can often ask ourselves why our horse is falling left or right and thinking about our balance. And we want to learn our balance and our centering. uh, Because as all of us are right-handed or left-handed, and so are our horses, that we naturally have a favorite side. So we, every rider will more naturally sit more easily to the left or the right seat bone. Uh, they'll rotate easier to the right or the left. They'll weight one stirrup more easily than the other. 
And as a writer, it's really your job and responsibility to, to know these preferences so you know yourself so that you can be aware of which side um, you need to be more conscious of. You'll have a favorite side. And the other side, I don't like calling it a bad side. It's just the one you have to work at more and, and be aware of. If, for me, it's the right side. Every time I do something to the right, a right circle, a right turn, a right half pass, I have to think, oh, yeah, here we go to the right. And I've got to consciously get my weight over to the right or, or it just doesn't happen. I'm working against myself and the horse. For the left, I really don't even think sit to the left. I think just sit normal because I always sit a little bit on the left side. So that side becomes easier, favorite or more fun to ride. Yeah. And it's why we prefer to ride. You know, I ride the left turn better. I ride the left half pass better. I ride the left flying change better. So understanding that, I think, makes the whole process not easier, but a little less frustrating to go, okay, now I see why I have a favorite side. One side's more <laughs> difficult to do. And yeah, it makes, it makes the, the struggle maybe a little bit easier to, to understand. And we and you can plan out our ride a bit um, by knowing which way is easier for us and which side is easier for the horse. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and learning from the easier direction and trying to mirror that in the more difficult direction. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Starting with, don't start with your struggle, start with your, your good example, and mm -hmm. then try to copy it into the other side. And if you lose that train of thought or just struggle again, go back to the, the, I had an instructor years and years and years ago say your chocolate side, go back to the chocolate side <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then come and work on, work on the struggle. So don't feel you have to keep pecking away on the, the difficult side. It, it just gets into, you know, more misalignment, more resistance from the horse, go back, sort it out get it right notice what you're doing and bring it to the to the other mm -hmm. side so it's a good it's a good reset to do it yeah and I think you can also think about um you know maybe just on your way driving to the barn like like feel in everything you do in the day which seat bone do you sit on more you, you'll see in your car you sit more on one side than the other you're you know maybe even your seat in your car is worn down on one side because you wait that more you know how do you sit in a chair you, you'll start noticing in your daily life you're your favorite side and and you know even changing that up that paradigm to to do a little bit the opposite can can help you even on awareness on the horse which way you cross your legs as i'm sitting here talking to you that's true there's a favorite side so do the opposite we want our horses to be so symmetrical and yet we're not mm -hmm. it's interesting that natural sense of center it's um it's why when if you're lost in the woods, it's so often reported that a person, you know, got lost in the woods and they walked in this big circle and ended back where they started because your sense of center, you think you're walking straight, but you're favoring one side slightly more, you're stronger. So you're always turning a little bit in that direction and you end up back where you started. That's why it's so useful to have someone on the ground to give us feedback on on our riding technique because we may feel like we're centered but we're not actually mm -hmm. and it's a strange feeling because um you know you, and you have to believe the mirror or that person or the video and um you think no i'm all twisted around and then you look at the video or someone tells you and you think really and then you look mm -hmm. and yeah yeah it's right so knowing how different that is and checking in with videos i think we all hate seeing it but it's such a great learning tool mm -hmm. to um to see what's 
honestly happening. Mm-hmm. And and knowing and acknowledging this natural crookedness or um, sense of center in ourself, it it helps to solve some fundamental riding problems at the source. You know, the problem isn't the right half pass. The problem is where's our weight? Where's our sense of center? Um, the horse's balance on that side, mm-hmm. creating a, a problem of the more complicated movement. Yeah. So what can we do off the horse that could help us be more aware of our weight? Um, yeah, like I mentioned, I think that sort of thinking of it in your everyday life, are, are you doing things more on one side than the other? Um, sitting in your chair, you're weighting one side more than the other, crossing your legs over. Um, uh, what else? What else can you bring to that? Like, what do you think of during your day that could help you? think about weight and seed aids yeah i i think we had talked before about trying and and i guess this isn't off the horse it's on the horse isn't it but that idea of sliding down the side of the horse to feel um that weight on one side yeah so standing still um get someone to hang on to your horse first if you're not sure um how your horse will be about this and make the exaggerated movement of Take your feet out of the stirrups and slide as far as you can down the one side. Let your seat bone slide all the way down. You'll feel a good stretch. Say you're sliding to the right, all the way down the right side. Your right leg will kind of hang out of the socket. You'll get a good stretch in your right waist. And then you'll feel that elongating of that side, which you should feel when you drop the weight into that side. And then go to the other side and tip all the way over. Um, Come back and forth a couple of times. Then come back to center. Put your feet back in the stirrup and then try to just, it's a small movement. You shouldn't even really see it from the ground that you just drop that seat bone sliding down the inside of the horse. Feel the length in the waist and you'll feel also the length down the front of the thigh and the knee gets deeper and the stirrup gets weighted there. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I think you've done that one a few times and that gave you an aha of that's what it means to not be heavier on that side, but to slide down that side a little bit. Yeah. And it's amazing when you get it right and um, you're working a movement with the horse, it, it really doesn't take a lot of effort when you've got that weight in the right place and your leg is in the right position. Um, the horse just kind of bends around it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Didn't you have that in the Rombert's work, which seems so like a contortionist to get into, but when you made it simpler more discreet aids thinking about the weight first your horse kind of curled around your inside leg you didn't have to push or inside seat bone and leg didn't have to push with the outside leg so hard yeah it it, i get so many riders that kind of go oh like they they almost don't want it to be so easy like it's supposed to be a struggle or something in a wrestling match but yeah setting it up like that the horse conforms around you i really like that idea of um, it, it doesn't have to be a wrestling match. In fact, when you get the weight in the right position and your leg is in the right position, it really just happens. It's not, it's not a struggle. No. And if it is a wrestling match, then go back to these basics of finding your seat and your weight aid, and it should be much more subtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good way to find the left and right 
seat bone. The, the weight taking forward and down into the front of the saddle for our collected work and our stopping. We mentioned this um, in a previous podcast, but the neck of the feel of the neck strap, I think really helps the rider feel that um, elongating the body, but weighting down into the front of the saddle. So that's a really easy one. The neck strap just really solves the problem mm-hmm. um, all the time. And the stirrup weight one, um, you know, re- recognizing this can be independent from your seat aid. So although a lot of the time they correspond, if you're sitting uh, waiting on the right seat bone for a right turn or a right bend, it is often the inside stirrup weight that we're also using. But there could be examples of inside seat bone. It's always inside seat bone because the horse bends around that. But you could have outside stirrup weight with inside seat bone so your inside seat bone would be telling the horse to bend and turn to the right let's say to the right but you might use outside stirrup if the horse is falling in in the turn over rotating not standing up inside leg to outside rein and amazing how a little bit of outside stirrup weight just brings a horse upright um, in a turn or a corner yeah and and I find with Winston he's he's so prone to falling in to the left that when I turn left, if I don't weight the outside stirrup a little bit, he falls in after right. a turn. And I have to be so conscious of that. Otherwise, he comes right off the track. Right. And then you find he dumps into the left aids and you end up struggling with yep. hand and leg, whereas a little bit of outside stirrup weight and the hand and leg can stay much lighter. It almost invisible. Yeah, it prevents a problem from happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we could use that example. Um, I had the idea of an example to the right um, that where we kind of combine everything, including the glue, as you called it, the weight aid of bringing it all together. So if we think of the weight seat and leg aids for something like a turn to the right, and these aids would be the same as if you were circling to the right, turning to the right, say turning onto the diagonal or turning onto the center line for a shoulder in right, for a half pass right, for a pirouette right, everything going right, you would you would load the inside seat bone more. So thinking of it sliding down the saddle, so you get longer on your right side, not shorter, and forward. Um, that initiates the turn to the right and the inside leg at the girth provides, uh, those two things provide the pillar of support for the horse to bend around. Then your rotational turn bringing your shoulders around the the zipper on your jacket, turning with the horse, that's a weight aid and your head turning to the right gives the horse more clues about turning to the right. You would have inside stirrup weight. This will ask the horse to step under that weight and this will create your turn and bend to the right. And as you mentioned, you might even, after you've initiated this turn, need a little outside um, stirrup weight to balance the turn and keep keep it upright. And that outside leg may be slightly behind the girth now to guard against the quarters falling out so it's that coordination of our weight seat and leg aids that create a right turn and that might sound complicated but the the simplicity in it is is wonderful that it's really that once you learn all of that coordination to turn right that's for turning right circling right shoulder in right half pass right pirouette right it's for everything to the right so it's so worth studying it, taking it apart, learning it, because it's going to apply across the board. Yeah, uh, you make it, you make it sound quite simple, but <laughs> it's difficult to execute. And what, what's the saying? It's keep going simple, back not easy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Once again. But we keep but going back for more and uh, trying to get it right. And I, I think, um, you know, I, as I've said before, I'm only riding Winston twice a week and thinking about entering a show in the next month or so. Um, how, how I can try and work on myself so that I'm ready to give Winston the right signals. Um, uh, we were, we were looking at what to recommend to other people and thinking about yoga, the practice of yoga really helps us be more aware of our selective motor control, our um, balance, how symmetrical Mm -hmm. we are on both sides of the body. And, um, I've started doing a morning class through Zoom, which is wonderful because I can mm. do it from home um, yeah. as many mornings as I can to really work on that so that I can be more mindful and ready when I am able to ride. It's such an awareness feeling through the the yoga moves of, um, you know, even some days when we think our balance is okay, and then we have to do something in yoga and stand on one foot or bend one way. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know I was tight there today. It's it's really brings that awareness to it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a great one to, uh, to work on in between. And even taking um, uh, walking on foot, we talked about and figuring out not on your horse, but standing on the ground, how you're going to position your body. I find as a, as a coach, I'm doing that constantly through the day where I'm standing in the arena and demonstrating, you know, your elbow is held like this, your hand is held here, your inside seat bone is down and forward. I'm showing that twist, standing on the ground, uh, waiting the one stirrup. Um, then I get my riders to get off and do it. And it's interesting. Sometimes I find I'm doing it all day when I have them do it. It's like, wow, I, I've demonstrated that, but they didn't feel it because they didn't do it. So sometimes mm-hmm. getting off your horse or doing it before you get on and walking through it on the ground can can really help you to feel how it should be. And as a coach, I think some of these things are easier to see with the rider doing it on foot and then pop them back on the horse there and, mm-hmm. and feel that. So that's a good way in between your rides to, you know, you're preparing for a show, ride through your whole test yourself. And what are all your aids going to be? Yeah. every corner every turn every movement yeah and i think that's a great one good so i think some of our takeaway is going to be um to remember that every movement we're going to do whether it's a transition or a changing gait or a different movement or pattern to think about what's the weight and seat aid first that i get that sorted out before i add my rein and leg aids to it and and make sure we're going in the right direction that way and that old uh, saying about being a good load to carry so that you really reduce the resistances between you and your horse and that you will greatly improve your communication with them. And yeah, they're just going to like you more because you're speaking the same language. So makes it very harmonious. And not giving um, mixed messages on what you want. Absolutely. Sometimes we have a sore back or something on one side. That's going to make us, we think, oh, I'm fine to ride. That's going to make us favor that side and, not be able to shift our weight around properly. So looking for those sort of things too can help before you even get on your horse. Excellent. And I think you were saying earlier, you're planning on doing some videos that people can watch as well to, to visualize what we're talking about. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm trying to put together something of a, um, 
like a virtual clinic idea that's going to have some video clips, pictures. And I think a lot of these difficult concepts, we need to talk about them like we are in the podcast a lot and really discuss them. But um, for some things and for some people, just seeing a visual will help as well. So we'll somehow link it to, um, to that as well and um, see if that helps people to, to have a look at it or see it in action. And sometimes easier to show some of the exercises demonstrated in a, in a video than trying to describe them in a podcast. Yeah. Good. So hopefully that helps people as well to inspire them to um, venture into this subtle but huge concept of weight aids. I think it's very rewarding. And everyone that I've taught this lesson to has really felt that was a turning point in their riding and a bit of an aha moment, not just for dressage riders, you know, jumpers, um, just waiting the stirrup and the turning aids. It's really helped. I, I feel like it, it just makes my riding a bit more sophisticated. Um, that That's wonderful. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, sophisticated and less reliant on rain aids, you know, trying to use less and less hand as time goes by. Yeah. And, and your horse is loving it. Yeah. He's going great. <laughs> we get out of the way then. And it's not uh, the wrestling match with the reins. The reins are very much supplemental aids to everything else we're doing. Mm-hmm. And very finessed riding then. Good. Well, I hope that inspires everyone to, uh, to give that a try and uh, yeah, good luck with your riding and making it more invisible and sophisticated as you said (laughs) great okay until next time then Daphne until next time we'll be back regularly now and uh, we got lots of great topics coming up so it'll be fun excellent have a good day you too bye now okay bye